Yes. So welcome back to another episode of Sexpert Talks, which is healing and empowerment through sexuality, pleasure, love, and relationships. I'm so excited to introduce you all today to a very magical and dear friend of mine that I have had the pleasure of working with one-on-one. This is Carol Ann, Sex, Love, and Relationship Coach. So welcome, Carol. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's really beautiful to get to connect with you again in this way, too. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so excited about the topic that we're here to talk about. I know that you're very excited, as am I, and passionate to talk about shame and mm-hmm. how shame can show up in our sexuality and our sexual expression and how to liberate yourself mm-hmm. from shame. So I would love to know, first of all, what, what lights you up the most about this topic or you know, what, yeah. what makes it so important for you? Yeah, it's funny. I noticed the same thing when you talk about it. We talk about like, ooh, shame, and our like eyes get big and we look all excited, which is probably, uh, most people probably hear the word shame and they're like, oh. <laughs> um, but I think that, that that speaks to the understanding that the, of how much potential, the areas where we have shame, there's so much potential to feel so much better in those places and I think that that transformation is the thing that that I get excited about and I'm sure you do as well and I've had um, a lot of shame around my sexuality and in my history and um, transforming that just I feel so much more alive and whole and so I'm really excited about helping other people to explore their shame and relate to it in a new way, the new understanding and a new way of being in their body around it so that they can feel that um, become a place of liberation and freedom for them too. Mm, I love that. And I I can feel the sort of juiciness um, beneath the surface. As you said, uh, I noticed the words alive Mm. and whole, and that's it. Mm. That is exactly what we light up about and get excited Mm -hmm. about what's on the other side of, of all that ickiness and Mm. what's in store when you start exploring those points. Mm. I would love to kind of start off with a little bit of defining shame because I feel like it's something that is so prevalent. We, it's probably safe to say that we all have some kind of layers around sexual shame, but Mm -hmm. it might not be so easy to relate to that. Like, oh yes, I feel shame or, you know, I I feel ashamed. So how does that show up or how, Mm. how could you know if you're carrying some shame around your sexual expression? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so in my experience and what I've experienced in other people is there's this sense of like, there's something wrong with me. Um, this part of me is really bad, really wrong, like a real sense of wrongness and really icky and heavy. And often it can look like, um, being shut down or numb 
it can be one of the factors behind having a low libido. Um, yeah, and, and when I think about shame in my body, it's kind of like a wash of heat and, and like a real heaviness in my lower belly and um, just a deep feeling that there's something wrong with me. Is that something that you relate to? I can absolutely relate to that. It, it's like you said, it wasn't this feeling that, um, oh, you know, I'm ashamed of this or I'm ashamed of that. It was yeah. more, this is something wrong with me. I'm not mm -hmm. doing this or feeling this or having this, you know, correctly. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it be pleasure or orgasm or something mm -hmm. about the sexual experience, it felt like, mm -hmm. well, this is different. You know, my experience is different than what it should be and what, you know, my friends are experiencing or, you know, what my, what my partner has experienced with his exes. Yeah. Just feeling really yeah. different and yeah. that it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't belong. Yeah. yeah, and belonging is, is a big part. Like you, you also just mentioned that kind of comparison. Um, and I find that shame shows up a lot when we feel that we don't match the images that we see outside that tell us how we should be. If we don't fit into the dominant culture or some of the different cultures that we're a part of, if there's something that whether it's real or perceived that we feel like um, we don't belong if we're this way, we don't fit in if we're this way. Um, and to, to be clear, my personal experience is as a white woman, a cisgendered woman, a pretty much heterosexual woman. And so my experience of shame um, is kind of based on, on those parts of my identity and people who have different identities might experience this in um, different ways or stronger ways or the messages from culture might be disproportionately stronger for them. Yeah, thank you for naming that. It, it's such an excellent point that what we're talking about today it's just based on our experience of shame. And so we'll talk about it and some ways around it, but just really also wanting to recognize the diversity of the experiences mm -hmm. that's out there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how that brings in so many different levels of actual safety and mm -hmm. actual belongingness. So yeah, mm -hmm. thanks for naming that, Carol. Mm. Yeah. So on, on that note, based on your experiences, um, I think especially as, as a woman, what are some of the ways that we might be told explicitly or just by, you know, media, just by what we see around us, that is the correct way to be, or we should, we should be like this when it comes mm. to sexuality? Mm, yeah. There's so many, I think, especially for women in uh, the kind of Western dominant culture, the, the actual, you know, there's don't be too much of this, but don't be too much of that. And then when you put all of those things together, the actual box of what's acceptable is either, you know, it's like this tiny or it just actually doesn't exist, but it can be like, don't be too sexual, don't be a slut, but don't be a prude. Um, 
we're supposed to have like raging orgasms on demand within you know a minute or um our bodies are supposed to look a certain way and have the right size and shape of boobs and um all of the kind of beauty standards about what's attractive for me personally um I grew up in the Catholic Church, so a lot of the um, messages that I got were um, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage and don't even think about that. It's dirty, it's wrong, it's, um, it's a sin. Actually, if you masturbate or have sex before marriage, you could go to hell if you don't um, confess your sins in, in the way that the, the church says it's the right way um, and just a lot of messages that the whole sexual side of me um, wasn't really welcome unless it was being expressed with one man who I was married to in that case it's like you're supposed to be um, virginal and pure but then you get married and you're supposed to know exactly how to um, be this perfect wife, you know? I actually have, yeah. <laughs> I can see you feel a little bit of the weight of that too. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it does. It brings waves, brings up waves of, of my own experience. Um, mm. I did not grow up Catholic, but I grew up in a very, very um, conservative, you know, religious family and community. And it was like that with the sexual values as well, that there is a place for this. And within that place, all is welcome and it's wonderful and it's to be celebrated. But that switch gets flipped when you're married and then all, mm. all, all you know, works out well. And anything that happens on the other side of that journey, you don't, I didn't even know what to do with it besides mm. feel ashamed of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. There, there's so many multiple layers of how do I deal with my body and my urges and my mm. attractions and huge pieces mm. of this identity that's a core piece of us. And mm. yes. And what was that like for you to navigate? Like, clearly, it's been mm. quite a process because here you yeah. are as a sex, love and relationship yeah. coach. But are, is there anything you'd like to share about this kind of early navigation pieces yeah, you know, of, yeah. of that journey? Yeah, it, um, it felt like very stop start. Like I would explore a little and then I would go, no, 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 that's wrong. I can't do that. Put it in a box. And then I would explore a little and then I would go, no, 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 that's wrong. And I have an actual memory of um, being in confession. So, my belief at the time through what I'd learned in the church was that if I masturbated and did not um, confess that through the formal sacrament and process of confession with the priest, that that was the kind of thing that could get you sent to hell. And I, um, I was also very much a rule follower. That was one of the ways I kind of tried to protect myself, especially when I was younger. And I remember 
confessing. I remember being in this room and like stained glass windows and sitting on a chair directly opposite from the priest who's like, I was maybe in intermediate school. He's an older man and telling him that I'd been impure with myself and just feeling like that. Um, it felt like being squished from two sides, like, you know, say this thing in the situation that feels weird or go to hell. And I was just, oh, I, when I remember that, I really remember the really strong discomfort and sense of shame. And I didn't want to be talking to the priest about this, but I felt like I had to. Um, and so now my, I have a lot of tenderness for that young girl um, and how she was really trying to do what um, she thought was right at the time. But it's taken a long time and a lot of unraveling to um, really claim my sexuality and own it. I'm not needed to fit those rules that I learned when I was younger. Mm. Um, and it does take time. And it also, I find, um, you can change your mind about something, but it takes time for your body to catch up. It's not the same process to change your mind as it is to change your actual experience in your body sometimes. Mm. Mm. 100%. And I, I was feeling that as you were speaking about the unraveling, you know, that this wasn't like we talked about that switch that goes off and on, that, that it even takes place on those different layers in our body because we mm. can believe so differently than we did, especially when we're younger, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I have childhood memories where I thought I had done something so terrible as a very small child. And, and you know, now as an adult, it's like, oh, that was no big deal. That was fine. Mm. But those emotions um, and that physical lived experience can still be mm. so visceral. Um, mm. especially those more traumatic experiences, like what you, what you were describing of feeling like literally squished between damnation mm. and this really just awful, you know, experience that you don't want to have, like that can still mm. be so alive in our bodies. So yeah. Yeah. how, um, what are some ways before we kind of go into the liberation because i i would love to talk about that and what it feels like i'm just mm. wondering if you have any tips for the listeners on how to hold those tender parts of yourself through this unraveling process mm. because it does feel very scary on certain levels mm. if i anyone listening who feels that kind of shame I would love to give you so much permission for it to take time and for it not to be uh, an overnight change. Like it really takes time and to give yourself permission for that to be a gradual process. Um, and for me, it's really been through going deeper into my body and, um, starting to notice when I felt that those feelings of shame, like what did that shame feel like in my body? Was it that heaviness or like tension in my lower belly or um, 
starting to make the connection between what my body was registering and um, how that kind of connected to the shame. And gradually also using the tools of breath and sound and movement to let the body kind of do its part in the unraveling. So I believe that when you give your body the time and the space and the intention, your body knows what to do to return to wholeness. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. I so love that the shame around our sexuality, our sexual expression, or our um, our experiences of pleasure, it's, it's all in the body. And I love mm. that how you're sharing that the secret to that healing lies within the body mm -hmm. as well. Mm. Uh, mm. We're made to experience the healing and the wholeness that's there. Mm. Beautiful. And also, I think understanding that... Um, That shame, even though it feels terrible and you know that it's cutting off a part of you that feels so vital, getting to a point where you can, to whatever degree you can, understand that that shame was trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you safe by fitting in with and, and belonging to the, the groups that you are or were a part of. Mm. That's really important too. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I can really feel, feels like you were saying there's a sense of comp compassion mm -hmm. and honoring for mm -hmm. that shame. It mm -hmm. was, yeah, at some point in time, it served its purpose, right? Yeah. It, there was, there was an intention of survival you know, mm -hmm. around that, not, mm -hmm. not complete punishment or torture of us. It can feel that mm -hmm. way, but it, it is, it's self-preservation and survival. And it, it almost feels like important just to celebrate that, wow, I'm recognizing that because it's time to move into a bit bigger, you know, something mm -hmm. a bit bigger to come out of that very small box, you know, yeah. that, that you talked yeah. about. So. Yeah. so on that note, if, if we talk about liberation from, you know, sexual shame, what does that look like? You know, can, can you let us know some of the ways that we would know, oh, we don't have this anymore, or we are experiencing more liberation, um, especially mm -hmm. in our own bodies? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So I think that what it looks like practically is probably different for every, every person, every individual, but that the kind of key qualities are um, that the types of sexual experiences that you engage in are the types of sexual experiences that you truly do want to engage in. Mm. That the, you're kind of, actual expression in terms of even how you move and the sounds you make and um, the way that you breathe and the way that you inhabit your body 
that's all really aligned with like the natural impulses of your body and the natural expression of your body. And that might sound like something kind of abstract, but it, it comes from really learning the language of your body and over time understanding um, if you've kind of ignored the impulses of your body for a long time, um, practicing to listen to the impulses again and hearing what your body has to say and then letting that be expressed. And I was thinking when I was listening to you, how big of a difference that can actually be because mm -hmm. uh, again, if we watch movies um, and, and I'm not even talking about pornography, that's an entirely different thing, but just what we're shown just even watching a TV show about the experience of sex and what sort of sounds we make or, yeah. you know, our faces <laughs> we make and, you know, yeah. It's so performative and yeah, yeah. It, that might be what's your natural impulse or your natural impulse might look completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it can, it can be a bit like, it can feel pretty edgy at first. Like now I make, I make some really weird sounds and like it's not always like, ah, ah. it might be more like, grunting or like really low sounds or louder sounds or just like um, the kind of thing that just comes from my body rather than from the kind of sounds that they would make in a movie and it might be different for every person um i also find that um the more that i've kind of opened up my body in in sexual circumstances my body really likes to cackle during sex when the energy gets moving <clears throat> it's really fascinating to me how at least from what I've seen and experienced a lot of the and particularly um, my experience relates to people who identify as women the way that our bodies move and the sounds that we make can often look kind of like things that you would, you might recognize in movies as like what a witch would sound like or somebody who's possessed. Yeah. And it's really fascinating to me how that particular expression has been demonized. Like it doesn't feel like um, an accident to me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like the body, yeah, thinking of like writhing and and jerking mm -hmm. yeah these are like very intense and signs that oh yeah 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 her body is taken over something else is there right right or shaking or yes. like kind of different movements of the spine and it doesn't yeah. always look like really big movements or sounds but the the um, sometimes it's more subtle sometimes it is bigger but that that range is available and I'm thinking too, um, one thing that comes to mind, I know for me, from my own experience has been um, like with orgasm, the different mm. waves of emotion that can come up. It might be the big explosive pleasurable orgasm that you see, but yeah. 
with the releases that are going on, there can be the, the cackling and the laughter, like explosive yes. laughter that kind of goes. Yes. There can also be tears. Um, yes. I've had big, you know, waves of tears of crying and that took some explaining and some communication, <laughs> you know, with my partner to say, this is fine. Yeah. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the natural expression can be quite different than what we are yeah. taught is yeah. Yeah. good or desirable. And suddenly the spectrum grows very much. Yeah. yeah. And you bring up a good point about communication with your partner, because especially if um, you're kind of doing this work on yourself and your sexuality and your partner is, um, they might be doing it in their own way or they might not be doing the same kind of focus, um, helping them to kind of understand what's happening and managing their levels of comfort too can be something that takes real effort and skill. Like I, um, when I first started cackling my partner, and I've shared this, I shared this with his permission. Um, he was really freaked out because it sounded like an evil witch from a movie. Um, and he had that association. Um, but he said that once I explained to him a bit more about um, how uh, that was like the natural impulse of my body and that a lot of these things have been demonized and made out to be evil witchcraft but they're really just the natural powerful expression in a woman's body having that understanding really helped him to get more um, comfortable with it but it's not always um, good communication is so important but it's not going to protect you like nothing can protect you from ever hurting each other's feelings or getting freaked out sometimes or good communication sometimes is the thing that helps you to move through it rather than prevent it. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm even thinking as we talk about shame and, you know, holding shame about our bodies and our responses and our impulses and moving through that, I'm feeling how much safety you, you would want to nourish in yourself to maybe mm. even have those conversations. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, 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 it feels like there's a really big internal well that we'd mm. want to build up, you know, for ourselves mm. throughout this process. And I think too, that's one of the, the, big benefits of self-pleasure. I'm, I'm a huge fan of women, um, or people in general, just exploring their own bodies by themselves. So you can um, explore the sounds and the movements and you can let emotions come and you can let it be slow and you can stop and start when you want to and you can, um, feel into those places of shame and explore those areas of liberation without the kind of added consideration of, of managing your interaction with another person. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Cause I was just thinking to ask you if, 
if someone's listening and they're noticing, oh, I relate to this, and yes, I relate to this, and I know there are these areas that I would like to feel a lot more free and, and comfortable with, what could the next step be? Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like, okay, it's starting with ourselves and yes. starting with self-pleasure. Um, yes. Is there anything else? anything more that you'd like to add or like like simple ways to get started you know just with exploring Mm. liberating you know ourselves Mm. Mm. I really love sound making sounds Um, and I find that that's something that really helps if I'm feeling stuck or feeling a strong emotion come up or um, helps me to free up movement in my body. That's one of my absolute favorite tools. So it could be, um, say it's during a self-pleasure practice. You can just practice noticing what sensations you feel in your body or what emotions are there or whatever kind of feeling you're having. And then with your exhale, just make, whatever sound kind of comes to you. Even if you just start by just going, um, uh, it might, you might make all kinds of sounds. Um, but the sound really helps to kind of free up things that are stuck in my experience. And if you are concerned about people hearing you, then it's also really handy to, to have a pillow next to you and make the sound into the pillow. It's the, the feeling of making sounds in, that I've experienced in my body is really, um, really powerful. Mm. Have you, what's your, your experience like with sound? Um, I, I was thinking of, I, or I, I completely agree with you that sound, you know, allows things to move. Um, and I think it also, it helps me stay a bit more in my body too, because I'm the person with the tendency to go into my head. Mm-hmm. And especially if things are a bit edgy or something else is going on, I can go off on the thought trains that will completely derail my experience yeah. and sound yeah. a way to notice what wanted to happen at each moment. And I love your pillow tip because <laughs> Especially like like we've said, when we're working with a little bit of feeling shame or, or insecurity, being able to um, self-pleasure and have that experience of our sexuality in safety mm. is so healing. So, mm. you know, and sounds can be an edge. They were an edge for me at first too. So the pillow helped. And I like to just turn on music. You know, it, it was, uh-huh. yeah, it just yeah. made me feel like I had a bubble. And the more comfortable I got just on my own, then it, it feels like second nature. You know, it gets yeah. easier and easier. Oh, I love that yeah. tip. Oh, beautiful. So you've shared with us about, you know, how you noticed shame you know, showing up for yourself. And we've talked about some ways that listeners might, you know, might be aware of shame that they're holding or Mm -hmm. ways that they're holding themselves back or feeling um, less than whole, you know, in their own experience of of their sexuality. And also 
how the the opposite or the release from that the tools lie in the body mm. and I love that you invited everyone to go slowly that permission mm. to go slow and mm -hmm. and and I'm also hearing just how you were describing with a sound it's like very small step by step piece piece by piece they weren't big giant sweeping scary you know things that, that yeah, we had to yeah. do at one time yeah. and I'm also wondering if this is a message that is really landing with the people listening and they would like to know a lot more how can how can they work with you what would be some ways to get a lot more of this this gold and this wisdom that you have to mm -hmm. share yeah. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching either um, in person I live just a little bit north of Sydney in Australia or online like we're doing right now um, that's the the main way to work with me right now but I have lots of plans for workshops and retreats in the future so you can stay tuned for that Mm, beautiful and I can I can speak right now as someone that has received the joy <laughs> of, of Carol's one-on-one -on -one work um, I, I can wholeheartedly recommend it and I love your gentle yet very liberating approach mm, um, thank you where can where can we find you what are the best ways to get to know you a little bit more and to follow your work or reach out and get more information about the one-on-one -on -one coaching mm -hmm. i have a podcast it's called reawakening love and power with carol ann that you can find on spotify on apple podcasts um, and where podcasts are available and that is recorded anonymous coaching sessions, which I really love. You can hear other people's experiences and hear the way that we kind of descend into their bodies and speak the language of their bodies and work with the body too, with whatever they've come to me with. I really love doing that. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Carol and Alive. And if you would like to book a one-on-one -on -one call with me to talk about what it might look like to work together, you can do that on my website, carolann.com.au. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I love that, getting to actually go into and witness, you know, the experience. And I'm sure that there's healing for everyone and you know in witnessing another's journey there's so much yeah. that we can yeah. experience ourselves yeah. beautiful thank you for for sharing everything today and of course i will i will link um all of the the links you've shared to your podcast and your instagram they will be in the show notes whether you're listening through the podcast or you're watching youtube and this will also be in our sexpert talks facebook group and we'll tag you as well so that um, yeah people can even share with you directly so thank, thank you. you so much i really enjoyed this talk with you today thank and um yeah just wishing freedom and liberation to all of our listeners thank, thank you so much so, um, and also for, I'll, I'll provide the link for this in the comments as well, but for anyone listening, 
Um, I'm going to create a practice based on what we talked about today with using the practice of sound in a gentle but deliberate way to work with shame and shift shame in your body and in your sexuality. So you'll be able to find that in the, the links below as well. Oh, that's great. Can't wait to, to check it out and experience some freedom through sound. All right. Thanks again, Carol. Thank you.